What's good, neighborhood? We're back with another episode of Broken Records. It's your boy, Rated Rashawn. What's good, y'all boys? My boy, Marquise, still the Kendrick Lamar expert, QSAF. <laughs> and it's your boy, Easy e We back. Damn. Oh, my bad, y'all boys. I ain't trying to allude to what we're talking about, but just, you know, damn. <laughs> but I see what you did there. Hey, you definitely saw what I did. Bro, this album that we're about to talk about right now is my all-time favorite Kendrick Lamar album. This album is definitely my favorite albums ever. It's probably, if there was a top three, it's not three. And I'm just leave it at that. So, Sheesh. But it could be two then. Hey, I can't give you no more details. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, where was y'all boys at in 2017 when this album dropped? Mind you, we haven't got a Kendrick anything except for some features since 2017, so... This album was really the last that we heard from Kendrick musically. Uh, yes. He did give us the Black Panther album. But I see what you're saying, though. That, that wasn't solely he. Nah, I don't count. That definitely don't count. <laughs> Bro, you're not going to count that? That's some good music on that project. No, it's good music, but I don't, I don't count that as like a Kendrick studio album. I don't count that no. as one of his albums. I, I bet Kendrick counts as a Kendrick studio album. But That's all a right. movie soundtrack. All right, cool. What you want? But you know you you know you get different when you got the you uh, the movie soundtrack to that movie though. So you know you on a different level. So that's and like the, every song. Like you hear Kendrick Lamar in every song. That's tough. Yeah. Bro, they didn't even use all the songs from the Black Panther album in the Black Panther movie though. That's that's how that goes, Q. That's how good it was. If it's a movie soundtrack, shouldn't all the soundtracks be in the movie? No, it's it's a soundtrack to the movie, not a movie soundtrack. Yeah. The movie soundtrack is a is another album in itself. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't know y'all boys was behind the production of Black Panther. My bad. Yeah, bro. You learned something. Yeah, we just research. That's all we did. But, <laughs> bro, I know I mentioned um when we talked about Good Kid, Mad City, how that was a ten out of ten. This, if, if you can go beyond a ten out of ten, it's probably be like a twelve out of ten for me. It's it. I I see what you're saying, but it's definitely a ten out of ten. Like it's it's a perfect album. Like it's it's just up there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? To, to Pimp Butterfly, we haven't. If you go back, you we haven't heard nothing from him since 2015. So it's been like two years since that. But to Pimp Butterfly, he could have waited some years before he dropped another project. So I don't know if y'all remember when this album was first about to drop. You remember when they were uh, when they first dropped the uh, the, the cover art, and it was yeah, yeah. damn. And then they was like, because if you remember, this album dropped on uh, Good Friday, I believe. Hell yeah. It dropped on Good Friday. And people were thinking that they were, he was going to drop another album uh, on Easter Sunday. I don't know if y'all remember this or not. And they was calling it Nation. And it basically, you know, like, Damn Nation. That's basically like what they were trying to allude to. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And Kendrick, like, I remember Kendrick had to come out and was like, I appreciate y'all for, like, <laughs> but yeah, that's not... <laughs> But I don't know if y'all seen like the cover art, but I gotta send it to y'all. But I just I remember that I thought about that uh, earlier when we were about to uh, go over this. But I just felt like I thought that was kind of funny. Was it the green um letters? With yes, colors? it was the I green. You, about. <laughs> hey, you didn't know about that? Nah, I mean I, I'm pretty sure I did, but like it's been some years, so. 
bro. We need to go on the Justice Now Live, bro. Why are people always coming up with rumors about Kendrick Lamar? Like, do people not follow Kendrick Lamar? So? I think they want so much of him, they're just going to create a headline so he can address it. Like, just hearing him speak, you know, it's just satisfi- satisfying for some people, to be honest, since he ain't putting out music on a consistent basis like how some of your other favorite artists are doing. And I honestly appreciate that more than him just pushing out music. Like, I feel like Kendrick, whenever he drops music, is going to stop the world. And when it does, it stops the world for like, oh, I'm not going to say it stops the world for like so many amount of years, but like people continuously listen to it way, like even after he drops it like years later, like we're still talking about damn, and it's 2020 and that dropped in 2017, you know what I'm saying? So I think Rolling Stones just put out, damn was like in the top 20 albums of all time for the decade or something like that. I think we're like number 17, if I'm correct, something like that. Too low. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hilarious, bro. But this is award. This uh, album also won an award, uh, the Pulitzer Award. I'm if I'm saying that correctly, and those awards are given to writers. And Kendrick Lamar won it making a rap album. I just want you to think about that for a minute. He won a writing award for a rap album. But you got to just think about what that writing entailed, though. This album can be played front to back and back to front. Yeah. Like, in order to do that, you have to have a different type of mindset. And that's why I appreciate whatever he makes an album, it's a master complete album. Like, you're not getting no deluxe. You're not really getting no extra extra mess because this is it. Like, this is the final body of work, and now he moves on to his next one. Not a lot of artists bro. are doing that. Bro, when I first, the first song, Blood, like, I don't know where y'all boys is at, but after I heard this song and I heard the gunshot at the end, like, why is Kendrick, first of all, <laughs> Why is Kendrick always putting gunshots in his music? Bro, Kendrick always... He, go, he, he just be trying to make people jump. I'm like, bro, we, like you, like you listen to a scary movie or something. But that's the thing, though. Like This album right here feels like a movie, like from top to bottom. And it feels kind of cinematic in a sense. And so even by putting that gunshot in the first thing, it gets you alert. And that gunshot takes you straight in the DNA. Which I don't know about y'all boys, but just seeing hearing DNA and then seeing the video with Don Cheadle, the way he got him to do that, you got Don Cheadle spitting your raps and stuff like that in the video. I thought that was crazy to see. Bro, I don't know about a y'all. lot of people, a lot of people don't know. This is when Kendrick got his nickname Kung Fu Kenny, and Don said that Kendrick told him that you inspired me to make that name because if uh, I'm pretty sure y'all watched the movie Rush Hour, like everybody has, uh, that's black at least. Um. His movie name, his movie character name was Kenny. He was like a martial artist and stuff like that. So whenever Kendrick is Kung Fu Kenny, he takes on the persona of Don in Rush Hour. So <laughs> I just, that's just, bro, that's just beyond cool to me. Like, I don't care if nobody say like, bro, that's cool. I don't care if I sound corny saying it. But even going uh, past the song DNA, well, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. The song Blood, like, let's just walk through, like, what actually happened in that song. Like, there's really no lyrics or like any music, it's just a monologue or a dialogue between him and an older lady who uh, admits that she's blind or whatever. And uh, Kendrick goes on to try to help her find something because he said that she's like pacing around looking for something or whatever. And as Kendrick approaches her, this is the words he said. He said, um, I see you have lost something. It's how I'm trying to help you find it. And the woman goes on to say, you have lost something. You lost your life. And you know what <laughs> Put that heat on him. No cap. Bro, they're saying then, that uh, the blind woman is supposed to be a representation of the consequences of damnation that was referred to in Deuteronomy. And so just break that down. It's the duality of obeying God and being blessed or disobeying him and being damned. 
giving into wickedness or admitting your weakness and submitting yourself to God. And so that whole thing right there plays a major role in the album. So Bruh. the whole the first words of the album was a question. Is it wickedness or weakness? And that's just one of the reoccurring things that we noticed throughout the album. Like wicked like I I'm not gonna give too much detail, but I'm gonna give one side of like why I think that interpretation means wickedness or weakness, like why do people do the things they do? Like, it's because they're naturally bad people or are they just too weak to do the good things? That's one interpretation. You know what I'm saying? That's just one interpretation from the album that, you know, uh, constantly gets brought up. And we talk about Christianity. You always have, like, this uh, eternal struggle that Christians or people that try to get into Christianity go through. Uh, how hard is it to do the right thing? You know what I mean? So, like, are we really supposed to be these people that go through our life and just be, like, evil people? Or are we supposed to be good people? All the temptations, all the, you know, pleasures of the world just corrupt us so much that we have no choice but to be weak to it. You know what I'm saying? So that right. When I when I realized when I found out that, I was like, bro, this nigga Kendrick different. Different. Yeah. So like going in uh what you say? No, I was just wondering, like, I don't know about y'all boys, but whenever I listen to this album. Like, it's just a random thought, too, but, like, I don't ever, I'm on the rare occurrence that I listen to God, I don't ever play this, I always play this album, front, like, in its whole sequence. I always go from beginning to end. I just feel like by you just, like, skipping a few scenes or skipping a few songs, like, you're not really able to understand what the song means because, it, like, some of the uh, subtext comes from the preceding songs before that. How do y'all feel about that? Do you listen to it completely or are you able to, like, just listen one song at a time and be able to, like, you know... Uh, well, for me personally, um, I listen to it more so from beginning to end because, like, it's a whole meaning behind. Uh, I really don't want to get too much into it without diving into the album, you know what I'm saying? But if I had to say, I feel like I would listen to it more from beginning to end just for the simple reason of the message behind it. But I'm gonna get into that, you know, a little bit later as we progress on this conversation, yeah. Uh, I think I, I listen to it uh, like chronologically, but the re another reason why I like this album, I think it was Kendrick's like it was like the perfect it's it's his perfect album because just what Eric was saying, you if you listen to certain songs, you're not going to understand what I get the full meaning. That's true, but a lot of these songs were like big radio hits. Like th this was one of the albums where you can see for Kendrick, he had the whole album basically was being played. If you think about it, like the whole album, the whole album, people were liking the whole all the songs. So coming from like you can listen to the songs in chronological order, how it's supposed to go and how the album is supposed to be meant and broke down. And you can listen to the songs individually, like at functions, at parties, and they still and they still jump. I think that's that's interesting how he was able to blend both of those because some people can't do it. Either some people are gonna have like a a conscious rap album to just be conscious rap and it don't have no hits, but he yeah. got, you know what I'm saying? He, it's like conscious rap and he still got radio hits and he's still telling you something at the end of the day. Like that's different. Bro, all the songs off of damn made it on the 100, uh, what was it, Hot 100 Billboard or something like that? Yeah. 200 Billboard chart. Every single song made it on there. Like think about that. Like that's when was the last saying. time your favorite artist dropped a song We'll drop the album, all these songs on 100, uh, top 100. <laughs> I hope it's impossible. Can't do it. 
can't do it and I don't have the ability to do it. <laughs> but just going in um past uh what was the first song? Uh DNA. Well technically the first song DNA. And then you go into this next song, uh I believe is Yah, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Yah has a lot of different meanings. Um I know Rashawn alluded to the fact that um Yahweh is uh, another name for Jesus and Yah in this sense is just not like three random letters, you know what I'm saying? Like this song was not a testament to Jesus or like, you know, supposed to be like foreshadowed to it, but he definitely like has some uh Christian influence and like, you know, was trying to portray some religious uh I don't want to say this. He basically wanted you to focus on that this song I'm going to talk about my faith and my religion and my spirituality all in this one song. And it's just, it just goes into, you know, every song has meaning. Like there's no coincidence that all these songs, like if you just look at the album, like just look at the song track list, all the songs are all uppercase and they all have a period behind them. Like, I just want you to think about that. Like what the symbolism is behind that. I don't know if y'all boy, you know, were able to, you know, pick up on that or like anybody, because I know some people are like, why is he thought of words capital on this album? Like, that makes no sense, but it's really a different, it's a deeper meaning behind everything. Shoot, well, we're here to break down the record, so tell us. Yeah, I was about to say, enlighten me. Bruh, it's just, everything is supposed to be said for emphasis. Like, if you think about what capital letters represent, emphasis, that means every song on here has a meaning behind it. Like, it's not just a song that you're going to listen to and just feel no type of way towards. Um, if you go to the next song after that, which is what? Uh, Element. Element is basically a song where he's on top of the world right now. Like, I know the hook, you don't take me out my element. Like, he's basically saying that nobody in the rap industry is touching me right now. And if I got to slap a pussy-ass nigga, I'm going to make it look sexy if it has come down to that. You know what I'm saying? So he's really talking this shit in this song, but a lot of people might not catch that. If you think about um what's that uh what's that song with uh, him and Big Sean, but he was That's what I was about to say. Song. It reminds me of Control Part Two to be honest. But like yeah. except now it's not now you can find this song on the internet. <laughs> nah, it's a fact. But basically this song is basically him talking to shit, making him feel like he's on top of the world. And it plays a it plays a bigger picture like throughout the progression of like, you know, blood, DNA, y'all element like bro i just well when we get when we get to the end of this podcast a lot of people gonna be like oh shit but um <laughs> bro q is getting into it tonight thank you and then the song after that feel um if you just listen to the song in all its entirety one of the main points or points and questions that he asked in the song or or even state, ain't nobody praying for me. I prayed enough for the world, but ain't nobody praying for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I even think about when uh, Drake uh, made that uh, verse. He's like, it's, it's, been take, it's take care season, and I've been caretaking. But at the end of the day, who's taking care of the caretaker? The caretaker, you know what I mean? And that even goes to, you know, family ties, friends ties, like who you really like loyal to, like who you think is loyal, who you think you should be loyal to you know, in every aspect. So this song really made you, made me feel introspective to like, what do I feel like on a day-to-day basis? Like I give so much to people 
but how much am I giving? How much am I receiving from those same people? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. And then the next song, but like Sean said, like this song, well, this album is full of hits. So the song after that, Loyalty, is one of the, like the bigger hits on there, mainly because it has Rihanna on it. And I know Kendrick was under some, uh, I don't know if this is true, like, you know, rumors been happening like a lot recently, but there's basically a rumor saying that Kendrick Lamar, Rihanna stole this song from somebody in the booth after they heard it over cell phone and whatnot, and they just had to get it or something like that. I don't even know if that's 100% true or not. Liars. <laughs> it was just people lying, bro. Like, they ain't heard from Kendrick in like three years. And I just want to make up some lies. But I don't fuck with it. I don't fuck with niggas like that, bro, for real. I think one of the interesting things about this song is the duality within it. Um, you know, you kind of see in the music video like some sort of like romantic intimacy between Kendrick and Rihanna, but they're also able to keep it like kind of platonic in the same breath. Like, there's instances where they're just like kind of vibing. And then there's moments where like they're sinking into the concrete, holding on to each other. And I feel like this song is talking about how important it is to be loyal in both of those fields of relationships. Like whether you my homie or whether you like my shorty, you know what I'm saying? We gotta be able to I gotta be able to have that trust with you. So I feel like that's what this song was talking about on a more like broken down level. Bruh, when you even like look at the song lyrics, like it goes deeper than that. Like, tell me who you're loyal to, is the money, is the weed, is the sex, is a drink. Like he's asking you like what are you loyal to on a day-to-day basis? Like, what has your attention? A lot of people, you know, like, even amongst our generation, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, succumb to peer pressure and whatnot. Like, we feel like we have to, you know, get a drink to have a good time at night or we have to, you know, smoke or, like, you know, do whatever we got to do to get in the right zone. And it's basically saying that if you're allowing all those things that don't matter in your life matter enough for you to be loyal to where you can't function without it, then... You know, it says a lot more about your character and how weak you are. Like I said, wickedness or weakness is this recurring theme playing back into place about how strong will you are, like what, you know, really are you loyal to. And it's no coincidence, too, that you have loyalty before love on the song list. Like, if you look at it, loyalty comes, like, five songs before love. So It comes one song before pride. You know what I'm saying? So that intro for Pride is crazy. It's not just like love's gonna get you killed, but pride's gonna be the death of you and you and me. And that goes even deeper. Like uh, this proverb, um, what is it? Proverbs eleven two. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. I, just, I feel like Jeez. I feel like you kind of need that. You got to be able to break yourself down or to build yourself back up. And so that's why I feel like that intro um, for that song was really kind of speaking to me. And then, just like you said in in the verse with humble, the the song after pride is humble. You see what I'm saying, <laughs> bro? It's so funny. A lot of people don't even know that song was like uh, I read somewhere a while ago, but it was like that beat that Mike Will Mike Will made it was a big producer in this album. A lot of people don't know that. They need yeah, to give Mike yeah. Will his credit. No cap. A lot of people don't know music too, but you know, bro. Mike Will had this beat made, and he said that he made this beat for Gucci. Hell yeah. And it's supposed to be on Mike Will's album, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, Gucci was supposed to be on this? Like, actually listening to that song? I like, I can I can kind of hear Gucci on there. Bro, what if you'd have had Gucci on that song, bro? I don't know. I don't even know. Like, it's just like, it's such a Kendrick song. I can't imagine Gucci on it. Now. That's what I'm saying, bro. 
I don't think we would have been ready for that, no cap. Like, I don't think the people would have been ready for that. A Gucci <laughs> and Kids Lamar song? <laughs> bro, but that made me think. I was like, bro, if this, he was making this originally for Gucci, I know he was like, come on. Like, he had to have that. But apparently, like, Kendrick just started, like, freestyling. Like, he was just playing beats, and he just started freestyling on top of that beat. And it was just like, oh, he got to have this one. Bro, got bro. to. And then at the end of uh, Loyalty, Rihanna um, states, like, the excellent, like, I guess, lyrics off of it, it's so hard to be humble. And the next song after that is Pride, and then following that is Humble. But it's really no coincidence why Pride and Humble are back-to-back -back with each other. And then Loyalty, or even Love and Lust are back-to-back -back with each other, too. Like, there's, there's no coincidence that happened. So, can, I, can I speak on Lust real quick? Y'all mind if I take Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Do it. Bruh. <laughs> in the in the beginning chorus, Kendrick says probably one of my favorite ad libs that I've ever heard in a rap song. And it, it probably don't have any significance to anything important at all. I mean it tied into the song, because the song's called Lust. But this dude says, <laughs> Let me put the head in. Like, come on, let like, me I'm put the head in. <laughs> like, I promise just a touch. Come on now. Like <laughs> and then the whole Bruh. song just plays off of like just wanting sex and i feel like he kind of normalized that in this song like people you know wake up a little horny you know what i'm saying probably just act a little wild and i feel like <laughs> really kind of put that into a song which is cool bro the song is taken into two perspectives the song the first verse well it's all one verse but like the first part of the first verse talks about you know a nigga waking up um wake up in the morning thinking about money kick your feet up like Watch you with Usually, take a shit and roll some weed up. Oh. Bro, that's that's pretty much the day of life of a regular nigga in Compton. And the second half of the first verse, wake up in the morning, put on your make a lace your weave up. Like, oh shit. Oh. Bro. He was, just, he was just he was just explaining, he was just explaining people getting ready for their day. Exactly. But it's taken from a male point and I also take it from uh, a woman's perspective, yeah. No, I won't about to say female. See, you, 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 you ain't learned. See, <laughs> but basically, that whole song ties into like the lust of the world, like sex, uh, money. You know, even the credit card scamming and stuff like that. Um, and even the even the hook or the bridge, whatever you want to call it. I need some water, like, bruh, water, <laughs> bruh, water, water symbolizes. What we really need, like the salvation, um, you know, when people get baptized, they symbolize uh, the baptismal waters. You coming in, like coming up, uh, reborn, or like you know, a uh, new person spiritually. And something's got a hold of me. Like what's got a hold of you is the worth is the earthly pleasures, like the stuff that really doesn't matter in life. So it's just if you think the song is just about niggas just waking up, smoking weed, and you know, girls just you know putting on weed and stuff like that, you obviously missed the whole point of the song. And what's the next song? Is that is that does that go into love? Yeah, that's a that's probably one of the it's behind humble is probably like the next biggest hit on the album. That's my favorite song, bro. It's just like a it's a declaration to Shorty, honestly. I feel, and, uh, the Genius Report said like this was like Kendrick's like musing on the woman of his life, which is his eventual fiance. I think we find out later, which I didn't even know he was uh, engaged. To be honest, I don't know about y'all boys, but ain't nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just like a nice little ballad, and it's got a TDE signee Zakari in it, which was nice to hear. Always. And that song pretty much, like you said, pretty much is his stuff explanatory. Like, he's talking about love, his shorty, whatnot. You know, Kent, bruh, 
like Sean said earlier, like he was able to make a conscious rap album that had hits on it, bro. He made a song just for the shorties, bro. Like I don't know how many Snapchat videos were playing this song in the background. You know what I'm saying? So this song just takes it to a whole different level. Like what Kendrick's able to dabble into. Like he'll give you a banger. He'll give you a love song. He'll give you something that'll resonate with you. Um, if you go to like the next song after that, XXX, uh, that's pretty much how I know pronounce. I don't know any other way to pronounce it. But that song basically, when I think of that song, I think of Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? Because throughout the song, throughout the duration of the song, he's talking in the perspective of a person that's tired of getting done wrong, tired of getting treated the way he's getting treated. And, you know, the the character or whatever you want to call it in the song actually asked Kendrick um, for some advice about what he should do. And Kendrick said, I can uh, sure code the answer, nigga. This is how I feel. If somebody killed my son, that'd be somebody getting killed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And he said, tell me what you do for love. Loyalty, your passion, love. All the, bruh. He goes back and lists all the stuff, all the song titles that we already heard in this song. XXX, like, bruh. Who, who's doing, who, who makes an album this premeditated that they just, like, have to go back and, like, revisit the stuff that they already talked about? I don't know too many people that can do that. Uh, the answer is nobody, so. <laughs> Sheesh. You're definitely right. But, and then looking at this, like he teamed up with Rock Legends, U uh, two, whatever. That's what Genius calls him. You know, what I'm saying I don't really listen to U two, but I do know that the next Kendrick project is supposed to be uh, rock inspired. Uh, that's what they're saying. And so when I listen, I go back and listen to the song quite often, just so I can maybe get an idea of what that new project will sound like. And I don't know about you boys, I'm pretty excited. Like just in this song alone, I'm pretty sure there's like three or four beat switches um, throughout the entire song. So. The way Kendrick raps on it is able to keep that theme and that narrative going. Um, you know, just give credit to this song, and it makes me excited to hear what the next project is going to sound like. No cap. Heck yeah! And uh, after XXX is uh, Fear, right? Yeah, my favorite song. Bro, this, bro. I just okay. If you ever meet somebody and say that Kendrick Lamar is not a good rapper, just just tell them to listen to this song. If you listen to this song or if she listens to this song and they don't like it, they don't know music. I'm sorry. Like right. the story the storytelling ability in this song is just so like like I don't like I don't even know. Like when I first <laughs> bro, I was like, bro, I had to listen to this song like four times when I first listened to it. I was like, bro, this dude really went he displayed all the fears at three different ages. I was like Seven, like, seventeen, and twenty-seven. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like that's just and seven, of course. You know, it's, that's probably a play because you know seven is the number of completion, bro. But that's just that's just different. Like when I got no, that first God made world in seven days. That uh, first verse where she uh, he's like, "I beat your ass, keep talking back. I beat your ass, who bought you that?" Like. <laughs> I can hear my mama say that. If I'm seven, I'm terrified. I feel the fear, which plays very well into the title of the song. <laughs> it's like my the fear, fears have changed. Like the the older he getting, like the next the whatever age it is, it's like fear looks different, but it's still there. Like it's still the same thing. Like that's what really what I got from this album. I mean this song. No, that's that's all the song is. Just different levels of fear at each different age. Like when you're seven. You scared of your mama for being your ass, what you in fear of. When you're 17, I guess at that time, he was scared of dying, you know, because he said, I'll probably die anonymous. I'll probably die 
um, you know, just goes into it. I probably die of gang violence. I probably get, uh, I probably die because I thought me and your hood was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like this stuff that a 17 year old might be fearful of, you know, walking in the walk around the place of Compton. And then yeah. 27, uh, bro, 20, when he gets to age 27, like he takes a whole different perspective of the word fear. Like, of course, you're still probably scared to die at that point, but at 27, like, I'm not going to say that's your midway point, like when you like have like a midlife crisis, but at that age, you're thinking about like, what are you leaving? Or, like, what are you taking with you? Or like, how are you actually living in the current moment? And Kendrick admits that he battled with some. I'm just going to quote a lyric. All these means and riches, God playing a joke on me. Like, you got to think about it. So much good has been happening to Kendrick probably up until this point, or like, at least in his, mu- in his career music wise, that he's probably thinking that, oh my God, like, something's bad about to happen. Or like, God's trying to set me up for something. Cause you know uh, the story of Job, um, who had it all. You know he came up, um, had no issue with God, was a faithful uh, man of God and stuff like that, and he had it all stripped away from him. You know what I'm saying? So I draw those kind of parallels when I think about this song because you can be a faithful um, servant of God, you can be a good Christian leader in your community or whatever. But if God wants you to use you as an example or use you as a test, like it doesn't matter what you've been doing up to this point. If if you People say God used me, so don't be upset when God uses you. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. So that song in itself just it even like made a reference to Rihanna because I think Rihanna was going through something uh with her accountant was stealing her money or something like that. He said, uh, "I wonder how the bad girl felt when she looked at those numbers." You know what I'm saying? So that was uh kind of. Supporting his claim that you know all this stuff really don't matter, you know, if I can't take it with me, and God is probably trying to show me something deeper or something more meaningful than Him just blessing me with all these riches. Like, why is God really trying to bless you? Are you is He trying to bless you to bring him closer to Him, or are you just looking at Him blessing you and that you just should not do anything spiritually with your life? That's why I got from. Him. That's what you got from God. That's what I got from fear. Fear. Okay. 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 Yeah, but since you brought up God. Uh, God is probably my second favorite song, or like the second most important song on his album. I agree. Because um, God is just, even in the hook, this is what God feel like. Yeah. Ken- Kendrick is Kendrick is comparing what he's going through to what God would think that this would feel like. Like Kendrick didn't say like I feel like God. Kendrick said this is what God feel like. You know what I'm saying? So I always thought he, he I always thought he was like using like a, a play on like you know, you know, some a lot of rappers consider themselves like they'll say they the goat or they rap like godlike or per se. So with this I always thought he was saying like kind of like he's like the god of hip hop in, in in a sense. Like this is what God feels like. He's kinda like he's like toying with you know, like like for like the other for the other competition out there. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just kind of like just little jabs, but then again, it's, it comes after right after the song "Fear," so it's like kind of like "Fear God," but it's kind of it's just it's just interesting like how he like how he can blend so many different <laughs> topics and, and and stuff like that. I feel like that's cool. And I feel like you can feel Kendrick having like fun with this song. Like I'm looking uh, when I think about verse two. Fuck is you talking to? Hey, do you know who you're talking to? Slide on you like fallen drapes. God toss with the carnivals. It's just like, bro, like that swag that you got with it when you're saying it. Like, 
and I feel like at this time, people know that they can't compete with Kendrick. And so Kendrick's not even necessarily talking to them, but his competition is probably viewing it as like, man, this dude really feel like he on top. When Kendrick's really saying, I'm on top because I got my faith in God. Now I know how God feels whenever he looks at his achievements and his accomplishments on earth. Like, I feel that same pride that he has. So. Bro, <laughs> I, I, I just have to say this. Like, I know y'all were saying that uh, Kendrick feels like God, but I think in the first half of the song, Kendrick's saying, God feels like me. That's the whole point of him saying that this is what God feels like. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's really yeah. putting himself at a pedestal that, bro, even God can't touch me right now. And I'm he's not being serious about this in any means. Like, this is supposed to be like a double entree of words. Um, and then, uh, Aaron, you just, uh, what do you say? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I've, I've never looked at it like that. I always just thought he was just, yeah, I don't think he's saying like, it like that. I think yeah, he's like, I don't think so either. Man, bro, this is what God at, feels like. Bro, I think he's he just it. saying like to the. I think he's just really just showing because in that song he's rapping. He and and that's to, that's the type of beat that a lot of rappers wouldn't be able to rap on to or to even make a song like that. You see what I'm saying? So I feel like then again it's a. I'm not gonna say it's a, a extremely difficult beat, but it's not an easier beat if you just a regular rapper. So he kind of just saying this is what God feels like. He got God flow. It's like it's easy to him. So he's kind of like, like this like what God feel thing. like. It's yeah. like a flex, like to. Like, he really, like, the god of hip-hop. That's really what he's saying. I don't think he was saying... That's an interesting spin on it, though. I see what you're saying. Okay. I want you to I want you to keep what you're saying and listen to this. Like, the beat switch from, like, you know, what he was saying earlier. Like, Eric was alluding to who was you talking to. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the perception or, like, in a way to kind of... Like, why did he switch the beat at that moment and said, who was you talking to? A lot of people are like a lot of people will I'm not gonna say a lot of people, but there's some speculation going on that God is responding to Kendrick when he says, Fuck is you talking to? You know what I'm saying? Like I come up and I'm saying this is what God feels like, God, you're me. And there's another verse that says, Fuck is you talking to? And then he goes on to say, Seeing it all, then it all felt pain more for the cause. I don't put blood on sword. Like, what do you think he's talking about? He's thinking he's talking about sacrificing his son Jesus, you know, to die for our sins. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sean, I'm pretty sure that you remember this conversation we had that why would God give us, why would God put himself into our position or like put himself on earth with us if he didn't want the relationship to be there? You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that conversation. So when like... you think, go ahead, Q. So when you think about something like that, I didn't feel pain. I didn't did it all. I don't feel all pain more. Like, who didn't feel all the pains of the earth? Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see. I, I definitely see where you're going, but I just so, think you dig a little bit. I don't think he's saying like he is. I think just, I mean, I see what you're saying though. I definitely see it. I just feel like he's saying like I done been through, I done came through, and like I am through. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel think like... he's still. I think he's still talking to the other rappers. Like he's really still trying to say. I think he's like saying to them, "Fuck is you talking to?" And then like, we also like, is he rapping from the perspective of like K. Dot Kendrick Lamar or Kung Fu Kenny? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like he always does this thing where he gets into perspectives and different characters. So like. <clears throat> Maybe this is them just kind of like playing around. I mean, it might metaphorically mean something along your lines, Q. Maybe, maybe it means all that. I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, if you think about it, if we sit here debating it, obviously, obviously it means something. Yeah, yeah. 
listen, listen. I ain't, I ain't going off the he say, she said what I think he meant. I'm just telling you what he said, and I can't, I can't take it no further than what he said. You know, I'm just, I'm sticking within the bounds. I'm, I'm repeating what he's saying, and that's what I'm sticking to. But all the inputs are good though. Like it's like everything, everything's supposed to be interpreted a different way. So all these opinions are like good. And then this last after song the song, Duckworth. <sighs> I feel like Kenny laid it all out on this one. I ain't gonna lie. Right, like, do you know, like, well, Q, I'm pretty sure you're aware. Like, the, the you know, I know, tell, you know, I know. Tell us, tell the people. Right. So basically, uh, we all know. Uh, we were talking about him recently. Uh, Punch, uh, president of TDE. Um, he, you know, was coming up in the world, and before he was a uh, president of TDE, you know, he was, you know, just a regular civilian, you know, going around, and he uh, was robbing, you know, I won't say robbing, but he was trying to allocate some funds at the local uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, and just so happened that Kendrick Lamar's father uh, was working at a, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken establishment right when uh, Punch was trying to rob it, so. Uh, instead of they, that, that scenario could have went two different ways. Punch could have, you know, killed Kendrick's father, obviously, and Kendrick would have grown up without a father, and you know he would have, you know, succumbed to like the influences and the environment of Compton. But instead of doing that, TD well, Punch, President TD, let you know him live and like go on to you know be the founder of TD, sign Kendrick Lamar to the label, and, you know, the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? And bro, like the history that Kendrick has with a uh, like uh, top and punch and stuff like that, like it goes back pretty far. Like if you look at Untitled Unmastered, Untitled Two, he has his uh, lyric in there. And he's like, "Me and Top is like Kobe and Phil, a father figure. Fuck with him, you get killed. Fuck with me, and he'll kill you himself." Like, and so it just makes me laugh. Whatever people keep doing all this Twitter finger stuff and like top and punch and stuff like that, it's just like, yo, like. You keep you keep pushing the wrong buttons, bro. You could this could be you, <laughs> bro. That's definitely what we were saying. But all that entails that you know the song Duckworth is Kendrick uh, Lamar's surname, like Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. So since we pretty much already broke down, um, unless y'all boys had anything else to say, uh, I was gonna you know go and give the whole meaning behind all the placements why it can be played. From beginning to end, if y'all boys, you know, had any uh, other, you know, anything to add. Bro, so the whole placement of the songs and the song tracks really tells the tale of the same person going through two different life journeys. You know what I'm saying? So from beginning to end, like from Blood all the way to Duckworth. Like, Kendrick Lamar, he dies in the beginning, but he doesn't die, you know, throughout the song or throughout the album. It actually, like, ends up with him, you know, living on in Duckworth because he said, if Anthony killed Ducky, then, you know, such and such. Uh, so he lives on, but he played the song backwards, or I like, played the album backwards. Uh, all the stuff that would happen in the song tracks, or, like, in the song listing, happens in that order. So, like, Duckworth comes before God. Why does Duckworth come before God? Kendrick Lamar is putting himself before God. And, you know, with, whenever you do that, you know, this is not going to end up good for you. Um, fear. Uh, you have love before lust. Uh, you have humble before pride. So, like, all these things are alluded in Kendrick Lamar dying. 
from the end of the track to the beginning, if that makes sense. So, like, from beginning to end, he dies first, but he goes to live on, like, in the right way. From end to beginning, he, you know, his uh, TDE punch kills his father. And at the beginning of the song, Blood, he ends up dying. You know what I'm saying? So, it really tells you, like, anything could happen at that moment. Like, Kendrick Lamar could have, like, anything could have occurred where Kendrick Lamar would have took the path for, like, dying in the end. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it just goes on to prove that this song can be played forward and backwards, but it gives you different stories all in the same album. It sounds like what you're saying, playing it from the uh, original way is, like, depth to life. And then the collector's edition playing in reverse is like life or death. You know what I'm saying? Like life or death in a sense where like you're living high, but you're not living correctly. And because of so, you know, all good things will come up to you eventually and justice will be served upon you. And like you said, it alludes to his death in the end, like with blood. That's, That's definitely what it is. Yeah. So basically like the, the, the original like chronological order is kind of like if you follow this order, you're going to be damned, basically. Jeez. That's pretty much what it is. And then, bro, <laughs> if you think about it, the last couple of songs pretty much explain it. God, fear. Like, it makes no, like, it makes sense that why would he put fear before God? You should fear God. You need a, that's how you're you going to fear of God. You don't need to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's the correct order. You're supposed to have, like, the Bible says, a respectable, like, fear of God. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to respect the sovereignty of his name and stuff. And I get, like, why putting that before him, like, would lead to destruction. Right. And then how you put, Himself before God, like if you put God before you, you know what I'm saying. If you if He's ahead of your life, like everybody be saying in the church, then there's no reason that you should come before God. But in the from in the beginning, He puts Himself before God, and that's what eventually leads to His damnation, like you said. You Man, think about we, that, did you? Do we do we get paid for this, bro? So it's kind of it's it, if you go the other way, it's kind of like you putting lust or love before lust. Right, right. Pride before loyalty. Mm. <laughs> right, niggas dissecting shit over here, right? It all makes sense, <laughs> bro. Another bro. thing, another thing I want to talk and say about this, bro. I felt that this was interesting. That this album was, it was so good, of course. But one thing that I thought that was interesting that this album was so much shorter than all his other albums. This junk is only like 50, 50 55 minutes. Concise. He did all this in under an hour. That's interesting. And 14 songs. 14 songs, 55 minutes. Bruh. And pride, not pride, but humble is always going to be in the middle point wherever you, like, you know, decide to go, like, in your own respective journeys. Like, either you're going to get humble or you, something's going to make you humble. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when Kendra was prideful before humble, you know, he got, you know, to where he needed to go, salvation. When he was humble and then he got prideful which is you know the song after if you go the other way like you see all this stuff happen to him like element yah dna the blood you know Bruh, i think i think uh humble is his highest charting song too like that's like his highest charting song humble no cap you know one of the things i don't like are people that are like prideful because of how humble you are i feel like just by saying that that takes away the humbleness like you can't you can't do both and like be both i feel like there's an order that you have to go about it and so like that plays into the whole destruction thing with playing it in the uh reverse way so i like what you said just now sir right he even said it in one of the songs he was like i can't fake humble because your ass is insecure (laughs) (laughs) 
Bro, he said that. I I'm not saying it. He said it. Man, I feel relieved after I've been holding this in for a while, so I'm, I'm I appreciate y'all boys for letting me get it all out. Man, it's just it's just an honor to talk about good music with people that know music. Hey, it's a, well, we got we got we might as well go ahead and do it the right way. What is what do you rate this album? Don't ask me. You already know my answer. <laughs> Eric, you can take it now. This album is a masterpiece. So. Oh, no. I would do it. I would do the injustice by not giving it anything other than a ten. So it's a perfect album. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I would have to give this a ten out of ten as well. Um, just based on what I said about how he, it, it was not just conscious rap. It wasn't to Pimp Butterfly, but he still had something to say, and he had an interesting spin on how to do it. And it, it's just interesting when you can get a mix between having radio hits and actually saying something. And Kendrick has always been able to blend that. And that's what that's why he's at the top of the where he's at. He don't have to be in front of the camera twenty four seven when you're making albums like this. I hundred percent agree for everything that's been said. Well, <laughs> this is the journey. Honestly, this was fun. <laughs> I'm about to say this is it, ain't it? Unless y'all want to do Untitled on Massive, but y'all boys say y'all don't fuck with that. So, nah. Uh, I, th- well, I think I think I think this is it, bro. Like. I'm not on cap. When we first started this pack, it was just, you know, it was a little like, are we ready to be actually deep diving the big, like the big albums? Like we've done some broken records, but I really we feel never like, did like those scale. That's what I'm saying. Like this, that's this is different. We got some, we definitely got some 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 other stuff coming too. It's not the only pack you're gonna get, so just make sure you keep listening. Share. Well, it might be the only pack you get for a while though. No cap. I'm telling you. <laughs> But I ain't gonna lie. Look, just run this one up while you can, please. Eric, how you felt about To Pimp a Butterfly? I felt about this reviewing these packs. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. Well, I guess I'll do the honor that I initiated. It's your boy, Marquise Chusav, signing out, giving you uh, this amazing masterpiece of a four pack with my fellow good brothers. Stay tuned for the next one. Y'all be easy. All right, man, it's your boy Ready to Shine. Y'all boys holding the road. <laughs> hey, it's your boy Easy E. Make sure you guys uh, share this pack with your friends. Give us your feedback. Uh, what are your favorite albums from Kendrick Lamar? What are some of your favorite broken records that we've done so far? Uh, feel free to let us know. 